another day, another FPL pod. Jack, how are you? Josh, good, thanks. Yeah, good to be back. Excited to talk about another game week gone by and what's going on in the world of FPL. Yeah, a bit bummed out. It's the international break again, as always. Those These kind of Monday, Tuesday, after the game week, just the start of the break, a killer, aren't they? I find. Too, way too much time for reflection. We don't need that much time to look yeah. back on our mistakes. Exactly, yeah. I find the first week is a drag. And then the next, once you get through the weekend and you realise there's other things to do with your life other than FBL, you kind of have a happy week and then, boom, game week eight. Get reeled in. Is amongst us, yeah. Very quickly. Um, But yeah, you all good? All great, yeah. Great here. I mean, I guess the disclaimer to everyone out there, I will say it for you, Jack. Got a little bit of a cold if you're feeling nasally. So on, on Twitter, on the comments, send Jack your love, guys. Please do, yeah. All love welcome for me to get better. Uh, and if my voice goes halfway through the pod, then then here we are. So be it half a pod to listen to. Exactly. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But yeah, uh, just yeah. Josh waffling for half an hour after. Yeah, so no one wants that. No one I kind of well, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, that would go actually. <laughs> I might might fake it. Um Josh, what have we got? What's the lineup looking like for today's pod? So we've got a bit of a structure now, as you said last time. We're gonna start by looking at game week seven, how we got on. Then we're going to go on to the XG and XA top performers. And we've got some talking points or one particular one this week. Then we're going to look at our predictions for game week eight. And then we're going to talk about our plans and captaincies. And then, of course, come round and look at those algo teams. Yep. As I say, as you said, we've got this nice structure now. Seems to be going well. Um, but if you've got any ideas for features that you'd like us to to include then do let us know and equally if you hate one of these features also let us know probably more likely to get feedback on that yeah do let us know ever changing ever malleable but always fun isn't it josh this pod yeah join it populous you know whatever you want to we have whatever you want us to do we'll do yeah we'll bend to the will of the masses right exactly (laughs) right last week's pod was too long josh so let's crack on Elephant in the room. It was a horrendous game week, wasn't it? For most people, I would say, game week seven. We thought game week six was bad. Seven was real bad. Shall I go first? You, I think you went first last week. Should we keep alternating unless you want to get it out the way? Please go. You, Me? you go. I don't really want to talk about mine, so please right. take the limelight. Over to you, Jack. Okay. Well, I ended on 42 points, which... In isolation, not a great score. In this game week, I was more than pleased, though. I'll say that. So I think the average average was 38. If you finish above the average, I don't, you can never really complain. So I'd captain D'Antonio. Yeah, going against the grain a little bit, I think Lukaku was the most popular, and Ronaldo as well. So when those two blanked early doors, I was rubbing my... It was a thigh rubber waiting for the West Ham game. He, of course, blanked like the rest of them did. And then Salah, Salah just let us know why we should never deviate from him in the last game of the game week and got me my highest score of 13 points. So, yeah. So, Blanks from Regulon, Cody, Traore again. We'll talk about that prick. Jota, Blank, Rafinha, Blank, Lukaku, Blank, Dennis, Blank, with only the real highlights being Salah and the Brighton boys of Duffy and Sanchez. Yeah, really, really saving my skin. But yeah, Livermento again benched. With, with points on the bench. So I think I'll, I'll be bringing him in next week. So he's, he's earned his place in the reserves, if you like. He's earned his starting berth for game week eight, which is obviously a long way away. 
But yeah, very underwhelming. But again, one of those weeks where it's okay to get a low score because the majority, I mean, 38 as an average is, is incredibly low. So yeah, here we are. I'm not, not too bummed out, not ecstatic either. Still an overall rank of about 2.5 mil. I haven't really moved in the last few weeks. Not the best, but feeling positive about making it better. Yeah, um, I mean, I think there's, like you said, you're above the average. And I think looking at the team there, and I think this is the case for a lot of people, there's a lot of players that were very unlucky to not get hauls, I think. You know, Lukaku had a massive chance himself, probably should have got an assist. And, you know, there's that that is the kind of story for a lot of the popular picks this week, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that Lukaku one, I think, bounced off the post and then the follow-up off the crossbar was mental, wasn't it? Ronaldo being benched was huge, wasn't it? It was really huge. I think all of us who hadn't captained him or didn't have him, that was the best news ever on Saturday morning. But yeah, then then the rest of the everyone else let us down. Very few people captain Salah, I think, in the kind of FPL community, if you like. Not many and people he, had him as captain. Punished him. He punished us yeah. for not having that faith. He did. He did. So how did you get on, Josh? Oh, well, your 42 looks very, very good when you compare it to my 35. So 35 points. Post wildcard is not the kind of figures I was looking for, but I still feel like maybe the last two game weeks are not the ones to really look back and think, well, that's setting the trend for long term. So I don't feel too bad, but really the guys that I brought in, a lot of disappointment from... Diaz and Cancelo, both with zero point, nil point Ouch. from both of them. Um, Ramsdale coming in with the clean, although I don't think Arsenal look um, that convincing, really. So we'll see how he gets on and hopefully continues to bring back some clean sheet points for us. But um, Rudiger with, with the blank as well. Ben Rama with a blank. Saar with one point. Cheers, Rafinha just with the three, as you said. Salah again, thank God for Salah. And then Antonio, Tony and Lukaku all blanking. So uh, on the bench, I had a Alonso, who actually I had Diaz, he came in for Alonso. But seeing Chilwell come on and give away a penalty, he mm. was like, great. Although we started, you know, Alonso will be back now. And then Chilwell bangs one in. So I don't know what I think now. I was going to ask you about Alonso, actually, because I think you shared with me your your this draft before the deadline. And I've just forgot to ask you about the Alonso Chilwell thing because I think people were talking about it. Did you just go with Alonso because his upside is just incredible if he starts despite the risk? Or did you just think Alonso would start over Chilwell? I really thought he would start. So he started midweek in, in Champions League, didn't he? And then came off. And I think some people were saying, you know, you can read that one of two ways. Either his performance was so bad that he had to get taken off or, you know, he was taken off for whatever strategic or tactical reason, but now he's fresher for the weekend. And I think what we now know with 2020 vision of hindsight is Chilwell was, was started here and was brought on midweek. So it's looking like maybe there's a shift towards Chilwell at the moment, or maybe that is just rotation. But it, there is a lot more doubt over his minutes, more so than ever this season, right at the point when I've got him in the team. So I think all kind of Alonso owners now will be looking and thinking, you know, over the next game week, let's see after the international break, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I, yeah. I did hear from apparently one of the, the Chelsea journalists 
tweeted out after that Champions League game. I say I heard it. I heard it from another FPL podcast. This is like a human centipede bit of information getting passed through podcasts. But I'd heard that he'd said that maybe he think his tweet was, is the Alonso experiment over now after that performance? Because I don't think he had a good game, as you say, in, in midweek. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the good thing about your team is you've got, I mean, you had Diaz on the bench to come on. I mean, that's insane, really. And again, you've got the Livermento as well. So it's not like you even have to start Alonso and you'd still have a great defence going forward. Diaz, Rudiger, Cancelo. Yeah, and that was the strategy for me um, to have four well-priced defenders with another mill in the bank so that I can manoeuvre to Trent when he's back. In, you know, when we find out when, when he is coming back, I don't know actually how long it's going to be. But I had some either maneuverability to get from Lukaku to Ronaldo or from a well-priced defender to Trent. So, mm. yeah, I have options, but it's still kind of stuck in limbo with, with Alonso. But the rest of the players are looking like decent picks, potentially longer term, and they're, they're starters. So, yeah, not too many fires. I think so. I think that's really good. Ben Rama, Sarafine, you're probably the three standout mid-price mids. And then Antonio, Tony and Lukaku, really good. I know they blanked this week, but I mean, Tony, again, looked phenomenal, I thought. Him linking up with Mbwemo, who obviously got the points in the end this week. But yeah, long-term, Tony's going to get points despite the bad fixtures, I think. I think the only one I'd question there is Saar and whether Saar's fixtures now. I don't think he had a very encouraging performance against, who were they playing? Oh, Leeds, they lost to Leeds, didn't they? And that's one way you might have expected him to, to penetrate that defence a bit more. I nearly brought him in for Torres, who I got rid of. It's between him and Rafinha. And I just thought, Leeds with the fixtures, I'll go Rafinha. Who also blanked, so whatever. Yeah, and now, you know, you look at Watford's upcoming fixtures and they do not look great. And suddenly, I think there's a lot of question marks. So from what went from being Saar looking like you know, he's in great form, suddenly... Watford looked vulnerable and Saar's potential points look like they may have yeah. taken a big dip. So, And there's the new manager syndrome. Claudio's come in today, I think, confirmed, was it? Yeah. Will yeah, there be a bounce? New manager bounce? Yeah, he no seems bounce? like a bouncy one, doesn't he? He yeah. seems like a bouncy manager who's going to bring a bounce, if nothing else. Probably nothing else. Basically, <laughs> the tinker man, history. how dare you? He's awful, really, isn't he? I mean, he, obviously, the Leicester year was unbelievable. <laughs> But the rest of his time, pretty poor, I think, his record is, isn't it? Pro- I mean, if I'm wrong there, someone tell me, but that's my perception of him. But good luck to him, likeable <laughs> guy. But yeah, I think, I mean, you could be worse, Josh. You could have Dennis in your team still. Ooh, so that's an- it's another yellow card and another one-pointer for Dennis, for Menace. So he he's going to leave. Yeah, I think now's not the time to be getting on Watford assets, is it? No, but we'll get there. That's talking probably too much about future plans, isn't it? It is what we there. This often bleeds into it. Yeah, we have reviewed another than awful week all around. So again, not the worst week to have a bad week. If you're getting our scores 42, 35, when the average is much higher, say in the 50s, then you're really in trouble, aren't you? And as we'll find with the Algo teams later, the differentials this this week, the differential eleven had an absolute worldie. So stay tuned for that. Foreshadowing. People. I like it. Here you go. Get away from our teams. We don't want to talk. Yeah, we don't talk anymore about. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. See you later. So XGXA, Jack. Now, for the people that you know haven't listened before, or maybe just want this retold, what (laughs) do we do with our XG and XA top performer review? 
Yeah, really simple. All we're going to do is take the top five players for XG, so expected goals, and top five for expected assists through this season so far. We've come to a point, though, where we're seven games in. We had a little chat before the pod, Josh, didn't we? And debate was, do we take the top five for the whole season so far? So for the seven games, and do we keep that going? So for eight games, nine games, ten games... Or would it be more useful to trim that down a bit and say, right, the last five games that have gone, who are the top five? Because that gives you a better indication of form, I would say, and more, therefore is more useful for our immediate plans. So we took the decision to go with the five, didn't we? We did. Yeah. And here we are now. So let's go through the top five players for XG in the last five game weeks. So these are the red hot boys that are banging in the goals or at least getting in the positions where they should be scoring goals. Josh, who is number five for XG? Who's the fifth best player for XG over the last five weeks? It's the fan favourite and my favourite, only joking, it's Sadio Mane. Sadio, he's still hanging in there. He's hanging in there, the top five. He's been in that top five since that explosive performance against Leeds. Scored again this week. Josh, you're our resident Liverpool expert. How are you feeling about Mane, Liverpool generally, FPL-wise? What are you thinking? Well, I've, you know, if you've been listening week in, week out, which I know you all have been, I've been bouncing back and forth about with Mane. And I think that kind of tells the story in itself. He is hot and cold. There'll be games where he, where Liverpool play really well and he will inev- inevitably get chances and he, you know, he is playing in a very attacking team where he will get chances as well. But he still looks like maybe the worst, not the worst, but the least dangerous of the front three for Liverpool, I would say. He had a very good opportunity and took his goal very well against City. A lot of the hard work, you would say, or majority of the hard work was done by Salah there, breaking up that the defence and sliding the ball through. Great run from him from out to in round Diaz I think it was who saw him late but he basically after his run Salah just gave him a ball where he basically had a one-on-one and just had to slot it into the bottom corner so he did have the best XG of any Liverpool player this week just gone against City I guess what I would say is he is of course still a very good pick but Salah is by far the better option and if you want to double up on Liverpool then maybe, yeah, he is now your best option with Bobby Firmino back in against taking minutes away from Jota. But I'm still not convinced that he's worth his his price tag. But I'm I'm here to be proven wrong. And so far, I think I may have been, have done. So what do you think? Are you proving me wrong? Prove me wrong. Uh, am I proving you wrong? I don't know, really. Mane is a... T- the, the kind of mental gymnastics I jump around with Mane always every year is if he wasn't on Liverpool's team... Would we look at him in a better light? You know, would we? Is it just because he's there with Salah? We compare them a bit too much. Whereas if he was doing exactly what he was doing for a Spurs or a Chelsea or whoever, would we say, yep, Mane's their main man. Salah's Liverpool's main man, but Mane is the other main man, like we do with Bruno. And and yeah, this year, I think he's good. I wish I'd, I brought it, I was a Salah Mane starter game week one. And of course, bottled it when Mane did nothing and Bruno got the hat trick, so got rid of him. But actually, if I'd stuck with Mane, I'd have more points now than uh, than Bruno, I think, or just about. It's very close anyway. Um, but so either way, that was probably a wasted transfer from from my perspective. But yeah, I I don't think he's a bad pick at all, really. And it's the only thing. It's a bit of a theme with with some of these players, and it will be. 
that the price is what matters. I think we're beyond the issue of taking up a Liverpool slot. Like you said, I don't think Jota's viable now, now that Firmino's back. And he hasn't really done that well, has he, in Firmino's absence? He's done okay, but not well enough to, to make me think that rotation isn't coming there. Was that, would that be accurate? Yeah, entirely. So you'd say in the team that has the highest XG in the league, I'm not going to say put anyone up there and they'll score goals, but you know he's a very good goal scorer. And so he's maybe delivered what you would expect. But there mm. have been parts of his game where you would have wanted him to play a little bit better. And I think Firmino you know, is such a good facilitator for Mane and Salah. And he has that kind of off the ball part of his game, the press, which makes a massive difference. So I think, yeah, Jota, although he's done very well, he hasn't done enough to keep Firmino permanently out of that team. No, the standards are so high in that team. I mean, he's got 2.2 XG and 1.59 XGA in the last five games, Jota, which is very good. It's still top 10 in the league, but that team expects expects more, I think. And I think I think Klopp will expect even more as their defence isn't quite what it used to be, I don't think. So they then they're gonna need to rely on goals. I think they really relied on bits of individual brilliance in that in that Man City game and a bit of luck from the ref, I have to say it. I mean Milner should have been sent off, really. For sure. But that I mean the Sal- Salah was just and we'll come on to Salah, but oh my lord, what a player, what a goal. So yeah, Mane, I don't think he's a bad pick at all. And if you've got him, you should be should be happy. If you've managed to craft your team with him in it, then I don't think he's a bad bad one to have at all. He's I think he's a much better asset this year than he than he was last year so far. Fair Agreed. way to end on Mane. Yeah, happy with that. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Mane. Well done, Sadio. Happy for you. Moving on, Josh. Who's in the number fourth spot? Number four is Mikel Antonio. So Mikel. I I'll let you start with this one, Jack. What what yeah. are you thinking? I mean, we've both got him. What what's the message you're sending to everyone? Keep him, love him, hold him tight. Yeah, those things really. I mean, he's been an ever present in the top five for XG. I think he was not was top last week, I believe. Yeah. So last week for the although last week, to be fair, we did do the top. We'd done every single game, so the first six games. So and again, week one, he obviously did very well. So this is the last five games, including the one that he missed. So he's still in the top five, including the the one where he got sent off and and the one he missed. So it just shows how good he is. Bit of a quieter game for him this week, I think. I think his his XA this week was actually very good, which shows that he's not just a, he's not the selfish goal scorer that that a lot of the players are on the in the top XG. He he does provide for others also, and yeah, his numbers are up there with the premiums. He's not a premium price. He's, he's as much of a no-brainer as it comes still for me. I'd say regardless of fixtures for West Ham, they're, they're a decent side. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's got a... You pointed out with the... There's only been two blanks for him. One was the red card game. Obviously, then he had the suspension. And then this week against the Brentford team who are looking better and better. So I think you look at how he's done in the seven game weeks so far. It's been electric, you know, three double-digit hauls, I think at his price point, it's a very much hold until we're told otherwise, or shown otherwise. Yeah, he's still the top overall XG for the whole season so far, so for the seven games. I mean, five goals, three assists, only bettered by by Mo. Yeah, he's elite. He's elite stuff. And West Ham, and I think he's fixture-proof, I'm going to say it. I think he's, I think every team would fear playing him, and he's capable of getting, getting goals, isn't he, against every team? I don't, what are West Ham's fixtures like? Are they? 
kind of mixed now. So they've got Everton away, Spurs at home, guaranteed win. Uh, Villa away. There's a guaranteed win. Guaranteed win. Yeah. <laughs> Liverpool at home. So it's kind of nothing Not too the easiest. Easy yeah, but you could see West Ham. It wouldn't be surprised if he scored against any of those teams, would it really? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'd be interested to see how West Ham as a team, whether their form is kind of maybe fizzling a little bit and that would maybe affect the output. And for people who maybe are doubling up on West Ham, that would obviously answer that question. But him as an asset individually, you've got to hold on to him. You've got to keep him going until we're shown otherwise again. Yeah, people did predict it a bit when Europe kicked in, didn't they? Did they and wondered if they'd have the squad to, to cope with it? That Europa League really does take its toll a bit, I think, as the weeks roll on. Being as it's still early and Antonio's fit, yeah, yeah, keep him and he'll, he should do well for you. So that's Antonio. Who's in number three, Josh? Well, he's having a party. It's Jamie Vardy. And we were kind of not dismissive of him, I'd say. I was. Now. I think I was dismissive. Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we were. Maybe, we, Maybe were we still will be. Yeah, well, yes, I think maybe <laughs> despite this great XG and the fact that he is joint top goal scorer with Mo Salah, I mean, I'm still thinking that his price and the fact that, you know, he's playing for, for a Leicester team that I'm still waiting to see them reach the heights maybe or have the confidence in them that they'll do as well as last season. I'm hesitant, Jack. Why am I hesitant? I think you're hesitant. Because of two things, and you touched, yeah, you touched on one of them there, being Leicester as a whole, just not performing at all. You know, it didn't surprise me at all. I thought Palace would win that game, and it didn't surprise me at all when they they came back from 2-0 down. Leicester just have it. I think they've been they've been bottling it year on year in terms of the top four. I think that lack of self-belief in themselves has sort of yeah, distilled in them now. And it's not, they don't look like they think they can win games. And, and do well. I think the flames of seasons gone by, so your Madisons and your Barneses aren't shining as brightly now. And um, I'm not sure they've really replaced them that well, I'm afraid to say. But this is about Jamie Vardy and he, no one knows where the goal is as well as him, do they? So I think the other reason you're hesitating is that price point. And we said it last week, 10 point... Party's 10.4. That's it, 10.4, which is not... It's a hideous price, really. Terrible price. Because what are you doing? You drop... It's not far away from Lukaku, although he's been a let down. But it isn't that far from Lukaku, is it? It's a mill away. And it's far more than your Antonio's and your Bamford's, your Ings and all the other strikers. So he's, he's suffering, really, from... I'm sitting there, but should we just spend the extra money and get him? I'm a no at the moment. I'm waiting to be proven wrong. He will score goals throughout the season. I just don't think he will score as many goals as the people that he will be compared to for his price point. Mm. His XG is low as well. It's not like he's contributing really in other ways. It's actually lower for the last five than it has been across the season on average. So it's, yeah, he's such such a lethal finisher, but... I'll, sit, I'll wait till Leicester pick up. If they string a few wins together and he's still scoring, yeah, I'm waiting for that team to, to kick in now. And Ian Acho started, didn't he, at the weekend? So I wonder if... I don't think he's completely immune to rotation for his age when they've got Dakar and Ian Acho in the wings, you know? So I do agree. It's a, it's don't, obviously don't sell him if you have him, but I wouldn't tear up your team to get him in. Yeah, watch list. Sure. Next, number two, then. We're done with Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Number two, Jack. Who is that? It's a big name. 
Well, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, and I'm 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 surprised to see him still so high up in here. Three point five six for the last five games. You don't own him, Josh. You wildcarded, but you opted to not get him. What was your thinking behind that? Do you regret it? I don't regret it, obviously, after this week seeing him benched, which has answered some questions that people have had as to his age. How is he going to be managed this year? Maybe Ollie's been taught a lesson this week, but I think even though he didn't start, obviously he's brought in kind of for 30 minutes odd when they were winning. So I think it kind of shows he's going to be playing a part in most games, isn't he? Whether he's starting from the bench or starting in the, the lineup right from the beginning. But I think the bigger question at the moment is Manchester United as a team. And when we compare him to who else, you know, up front, you've got Jamie Vardy, top goal scorer at the moment, as you said, who probably should be thrown in the mix to consider how you spend that, you know, 10 million or 10 million plus change plus or Ronaldo's 12 million plus change. And then you go against Lukaku. So I know he blanked this week, but he's had he had some great opportunities, probably should have got an assist. Should have scored the goal when he came off the post. He was stood right behind Timo when Timo scored. Could have quite easily, you know, put that away if Timo had made the run or if the ball from Aspi had a little bit more pace on it. So for Ronaldo, yeah, he will score points, but I think money at the moment is better spent elsewhere. What do you think for CR7? Yeah, I think that there's not, this is going to sound crazy, but there's not a lot of difference between him and Jamie Vardy in terms of their FPL viability and the issues surrounding them. So no one's doubting their goal scoring ability, proven track record. They're in a team that's struggling to convince us. So their team's struggling to convince us. They're expensive in FPL and they're a potential slight rotation risk now. So I think Ronaldo and Vardy have those all of those things in common, which go against the the viability of, of getting them in your team. Really, Ronaldo's the flashier one, obviously, but there is for me, there's they have equal appeal to me now. Obviously, this week they played on the Wednesday and then they got the early kickoff on the Saturday, which is harsh, and they shouldn't do that to teams. I don't think the Prem they should they need to sort that out. And maybe that's the only reason he was benched. But equally, I think you've got, you know, Cavani breathing down your neck, another world-class striker, really, in his own right. You're going to have to play Cavani sometimes. Yeah, I'm not I'm not scared of not having him again. I'm glad I've never had him, really. When he started scoring initially, I was very scared. But I kind of, my gut feeling, I think, might be right on Ronaldo in that he's not going to be worth the 12.5 for those reasons. And the fixtures are not looking good either. No, they've got some tough fixtures coming up, which I know we talk about these players being fixture-proof, but in terms of the team's form, a run of some nice fixtures, might they might better play themselves back in, but they're going to have some tough tests, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. I mean, yeah, Leicester next week, well, Ronaldo versus Vardy next week will be interesting. And then it's... um, Liverpool at home. Liverpool at home. I can't see, yeah, I can't see them doing any damage there. Spurs then City. Spurs who just won and then Man City. I mean, yeah, don't don't buy Ronaldo now. Is if there's ever a time not to buy him, it's now. I think and I yeah, I think we'd see more people selling him if Lukaku was was doing the business, but he's not, is he? Annoyingly for us. And um and just looking now, amazingly, in the last five game weeks, he's 16th for XG. He's below Timo Werner, incredibly, for XG. In five appearances, same as Timo Werner. And he's got more minutes than him. Insane. What's happened to Lukaku, Josh? I know he's not in this list, but should we be worried about Lukaku? I think one of the criticisms 
I've heard about him and his potential points, maybe since he's been blanking or maybe a reason why he's been blanking so much is he seems a bit hesitant in his kind of build-up play. He's not being quite as good with his movement and they're not using him in the same way that it was when he first came in, like using him right through the middle, linking him in with everything. I think he is a player that craves on touches, isn't he? He needs to be involved. And there's been parts of games, chunks of games, where he's just not getting it because he's being standing up there getting saying, give me the ball. He's got one one guy right on him and another defender kind of waiting to snatch the ball into his feet. So, and maybe that's why, you know, these other attackers around him, like Timo, were are thriving a little bit because, you know, he's taking the focus off them, but not so good for the Kakaonis. But I would go back to the point again that there's three scenarios come to mind from the game on the weekend where he could have cashed in points. And that's that kind of, that variance part, isn't it? Like it could have quite easily on another day could have got two goals and an assist. Like that's that's the how the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm surprised it actually so low actually after that because there were some games. There have been games I remember. I mean, that Citry miss at the weekend was. I mean, that should that was almost a 1.0 xg. I mean, how he hit the post, I don't know. But yeah, there was the game. I remember we did a pod just after he played, and I'd captained him kind of against the grain and just it was incredibly frustrating to watch. He sort of, he set a few people up and things. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried, not worried as a Lukaku owner, but if I was a Ronaldo owner, would you, would I go to Lukaku? I'm not sure. Not sure at the moment. I might downgrade and, and invest elsewhere, but, but yeah, but Chelsea's fixtures now, I mean, Lukaku was known as a bit of a flat track bully before. Who's he got next? He's got, you can never see the badge you're looking for, can you, with these lists? Mm-hmm. Like, so Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle. Newcastle. I mean, Burnley. Burnley. I mean, if Lukaku doesn't bang in, you know, at least half of these, then what's happened there? We've we've misjudged him massively, haven't we? And I, I, then I would be very worried as an owner. Yeah, if, I mean, this, uh, this, this run that we've got now is double up, triple up Chelsea. Land. Yeah, yeah, you've done that. You've done that exact thing on your wildcard, haven't you? Fair yeah. Play. If anything, I, I came about a week early, really, for the for the party for the Chelsea party, knowing that you know a lot of people yeah. were saying wait to wait because it was after the international break and great decision. But I had too many fires to put out. So, but yeah, for Chelsea and hopefully for Lukaku, it's looking like this run could be sweet. Good. Right. We've talked about Lukaku more than any of the other players in this XG table and he's not even in it. So let's move on. The final one, it's no surprise. It's Mo Salah. Josh, we say it every we say every week he's a no-brainer for your team, but I'll go a step further now. Is he a no-brainer to just captain every week regardless? I mean, he's got to stop scoring at some point. I would say at the moment, on the form that he's on, you've just you've got to back him and I made the mistake this week of picking Lukaku, thinking that the fixture was what you need to focus on, as as did many. And we've been burned. And I think that what it shows is Mo is fixture proof. He's an insane form. Just back him. I just, I yeah, learn, yeah. lesson learned. Just, just captain him. Well, you say lesson learned. In two weeks' time, Liverpool have United and Chelsea have Norwich at home. Liverpool away at United. Will the lesson still be learned by then? Or will you be going back to big Rom? I'd like to see how Rom does in the next game. He, he needs to <laughs> kind of find his vava. Good answer. But, Good but answer. I think if there's one, we said it in our fixture predictions, and we look at whoever, insert team here, playing Norwich yeah. is a captaincy shout. So, And then you pick one of the, as you said, biggest threats against weaker teams. That's I know. That's but now one. I'm thinking just look at who Salah's playing a captain Salah. It should be a rule that trumps that rule. 
I mean, that goal he scored against City this week, like he made them look like, you know, he made them look like Norwich, the way they, the way he just completely bamboozled them all. Incredible. And the assist, he was just, it was an amazing goal. Goal of the season, for sure. I can't see another goal beating that. And it's against City, you know, the most avoidable team to captain people against. And he, and he made them look silly. I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking now, just do it. And it's one less worry, just captain style every week. And over the course of the games, you'll, be up more than you are down. Yeah. Maybe that's mental. We all like to think, we all like to think we want to set and forget captain, don't we? But when the opportunity, I can't think of a better time than now for there have ever been, have ever been one than now, than Salah being one. But there's one staring at the face now and we're like, well, look, there's Norwich and there's, mm. da, da, da. like we don't actually want one, do we? Because we like to, as humans, we like to think we know better and we've picked our pick is better, don't we? But I'm just thinking maybe we just do it, set and forget it. I don't know. Yeah, I think if you do it, you'll end up with a lot of points over the season. Put it that way. And by going against, you could lose double because the percentage of managers captaining Salah throughout game weeks now is going to be huge. Yeah, but again, I wonder if it will be even memory. Our memories are so short, aren't they? In two weeks' time, that Norwich Chelsea game is, and it would just be interesting to see how many remember this week and be like no remember when Salah had City and Lukaku had whoever I don't know time will tell but I think it's a very viable strategy you know until there's an injury or till Christmas or whatever to just leave it on Salah and think about other things I like it so that's XG done now on to the assisters we've got five assisters Jack who is at the fifth slot yeah we've got five assisters and they're. I think for the first time they're all different players to the attackers so that's yeah. nice. So we'll have some different chats. In the fifth spot, Joss, is cult hero St. Maximan with 1.71 over the last five. How do you feel about him? He's defying the fact that you shouldn't be looking at any Newcastle players <laughs> as good FBO assets. But my God, is he effective? I think the annoying thing in trying to pick him is he seems slightly too expensive and he's playing for a team that aren't great you're just kind of waiting you may we're thinking are we asking too much of this guy can he carry the other 10 Newcastle players on his shoulders all season long and continue to perform is he going to stop Jack I think he'll keep going until he gets injured he hasn't had a double digit haul so he's 6265882 so very respectable when you watch him, he's, it's exactly like you said. He's so much better than the rest of his team. It's it's almost laughable. It does remind me of Grealish at, when Villa were really bad and he was our only good player. They all get the ball to him, pray he comes up with something good. He lays it on a plate for them all the time and they mess it up and he must be really frustrated. And I do think he's destined for bigger things. But the big one for me with him is he's a striker. Why is he a striker in this game? You know, he's been a midfielder of years gone by. He's no more a striker than Salah, than Mane, than Son, you know, Greenwood. It's laughable that he's a striker and those players aren't. So I think that really goes against his appeal, that he takes up one of those slots and he gets fewer goals for fewer points for a goal. Yeah, that's how I feel about him. So So I guess we're going to summarise buy, sell, hold for ASM. What would you do? We don't have him, so would you buy him? I wouldn't buy him. I'd hold him. I'd hold him. I think if you, again, a bit like the Mane thing, if you've managed to get your team, him to fit into your team, he's not an emergency sell by any means. Newcastle are never going to have good fixtures because they're so bad. <laughs> so it's not like you're waiting for a spell there. Yeah, and I think we're 
the, the, the super hot striker fever has cooled a bit now. There was a time a few weeks ago, wasn't there, where there were just too many good striking options. And now all of a sudden Bamford and DCL are injured. Ings isn't doing it, et cetera, et cetera. So I think he's, yeah, he's safe for a spot in your team. And, you know, it'll make Newcastle games exciting to watch. Okay. So there's a bonus. Would you, would you agree? Sorry, I've just kind of said our opinion there, but would you agree with that? I would agree entirely. So I'm glad you good. said everything you said. Oh, so good. Nothing to add. Always nice. Okay. Josh, fourth in the XA, Bruno Fernandes. Can I cut what we said about Ronaldo and paste it in here? Copy Dish and paste. It. Copy and paste. Sorry, yeah. Copy and paste. With the addition that I think, actually, if you're going to pick a United asset, you're a diehard United fan, you think, oh, I have to have one United player on my team. I'd say he's probably the one. <sighs> wow, that's a big change from weeks gone by. But that is in the context of me saying, if you had to have one asset, and I wouldn't would not recommend having any assets for them at the moment. But I think he's probably the creative spark in that team. Everything goes through him, which we know. This is nothing new. And because of that, I think you know, he's always going to have that ceiling of potential high points when they, they batter teams. Because I think there will be points in this season where they do batter teams because that's all they've got this year, you know their attack we know they're going to attack they're going to go out right they seem to be only on the front foot not really looking what's behind them and eventually that is going to click again and that means points fbl points so i think he's probably the best bet for them at the moment because he keeps them ticking over but bottom line i still wouldn't pick pick anyone from united at the moment and if even if you had him it's an arguable not it's a push to maybe a hold because you, you've got so many other good assets but what are you thinking? Do you want anyone from United? Do you want him? No, I don't really. I agree with you. I don't want him. I definitely don't want United assets. Yeah, he's he's still the main man, isn't he? He's more the main man than I think a lot of us anticipated he would be when Ronaldo came in. He's still their talisman, I would say. I mean, he's in the XA as a reason. He's in this this top five for XA. He's still pulling the strings. Yeah, I think I still think Mane's a better pick than him at that price. And and there are there are cheaper mids that that are better better picks even than him I think now with the fixtures they have, so yeah I agree and the penalty doubt thrown in there now we don't know who'll take the next one so I think he will still but this it's definitely not a certainty so yeah get off him I, it's a sell for me Ooh. yeah so that's Bruno see you later Bruno we'll catch up after your bad set of fixtures Bruno all right mate. Exactly. Call you then. Call you in five weeks. Surprisingly, Josh, number three, we've got Mason Mount in this spot for the last five games. Under the radar a bit? Massively. I mean, he didn't even start the last game. So you'd say, you know, he only had 22 minutes, I think, in the last game. Looking, I'll just bring up the stats now, looking at how he performed in terms of his statistics for that game, 0.8 XA. So you can see, even in 22 minutes, the impact that that he had and obviously the subs that they made to cool made at the end they really kind of pushed on and kicked on then so that's when they went went for the result really but why is he getting benched do we know well that's that was going to be my point exactly they seem to have so many options in midfield now like are they what's going to happen to his minutes we thought he was nailed at the beginning and suddenly there's a bit of is well, not a bit. There's a lot of rotation in there, and we haven't mm. seen Sol since his his um debut. Disastrous or, debut. Disastrous. Yeah. Maybe he needs a bit more time to bed in. But when he gets thrown in as well, I know he's not maybe one of the attacking midfielders, but he's going to take up one of those 
central midfield spots. So I just think there's they're the new city, maybe. Took the words out of my mouth, yeah. I think they are. Still very impressed. If he does start, if he does nail down a spot, I mean this they are really impressive. He's played everyone else in the top five here has played 450 minutes. He's on 333 and he's third with 2.36. He is so good at playing that role, I think, of just in that little pocket there, just playing it out to the wide or just popping popping a little ball in. Yeah, I think he he is really good. He's just just not getting the minutes. Don't buy him, I think we're saying, aren't we? The risk, yeah, risk is too high. I mean, in risk the last, too high. last four game weeks, zero minutes against Villa, 45 against Spurs, zero minutes against City, 25 against Southampton. It's that's not nice, is it? That's not good viewing. 70 minutes in the last four games. Mm, As an FPL but, manager, no thank you. Yeah, 7.4 mil. There's there's a plethora of other cheaper options, I'm afraid. Sorry, Mason. Second, Josh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Well, can we say anything without really knowing when he's going to be back? We get nothing from the FPL website. No, I haven't ig- seen anything. Ignore that. By the- can we just say as a little public service announcement never go by the percentage chance of playing icon on the fpl site i hear people like it's one of those at work isn't it you talk to people at work like well i got trent in they said yeah i said 75 chance of playing like that is complete baloney that percentage chance they don't they know less than than you know than we know so don't go by that sorry josh rant over continue good um but what i would say is there's probably going to be people listening that either have him or are looking to get him back or potentially get him back in and say, well, what do I do here, Jack and Josh? You know, what am I doing? Game week eight, sat Liverpool's game against Watford away. Would love to have him. 16th of October. What do I do? So I guess what I'd say there is wait for your bloody conference. You're impatient. So it's a wait and see you. Yeah, you obviously hadn't brought... I've kept him in my team, despite the injury. I even started him on the the 1% chance he, it was all a lie. But yeah, he's that good. He, he is the seller of the defence for me when he's fit. You have to have him in. Uh, you obviously wildcarded, didn't go for him. Would you, if it was declared fully fit now, Josh, before game week eight, would you get him in as a priority? Well, I can't get to him in one transfer. He's that good. Of course you can't, no. That expensive. So I probably wouldn't be just because the other defenders that I've got, I've got, you know, probably five, you'd say good defenders. If you include Alonso, who we're not really sure about, that could do a job instead of him. So I I wouldn't, I couldn't bring him in one. If I could and I found, and it was announced that he was fit, then yes, I think I would bring him in for that game. Um, Especially for the fact that, you know, if it was in replacement of someone like Alonso, who's now got a doubt about their, their minutes or, even a Cancelo who's been doing very well, but you do worry about their potential minutes going forward, despite playing 90 every minute so far. It's, it's a matter of time before Pep wields his Pep. Can happen to any of them. Torres, memories of Torres. Ah, Torres. Memories of him. Yeah, I think Trent is, I'm really glad I've kept him actually. A bit like when Antonio got the ban, I didn't sell him. I was glad, glad to have held on. I will just wait. It'll be bated breath for the conferences next week. But yeah, I think it's a hold, a hold if you've got him now and maybe a buy if you don't have him, if he's fit, I think. I think you have to get him at some point if he's playing. He's that he's a fear player, isn't he? If you don't have him, he's the behind the sofa player that you don't want to see playing. Number one spot retains his title from last week. 
really impressive. Ivan Tony, Joshua and owner, you're a proud owner. Very proud. Um, very proud of my boy, Ivan. Um, I think Brentford, bottom line, Brentford look amazing. They look great. They do. I would say it looks like he is going to be the best attacking asset. But I think what we're finding out is he's not the only great asset from that team. If you're only going to have one, he's still great, priced amazingly well. After this game week, game week eight, they've got Chelsea at home. Not the best fixture, obviously, but maybe they're fixture-proof after last week. We don't know. Yeah. After that, they've got some great fixtures, so maybe you want to double up. But what I would say is I think he's the best Brentford asset, and Brentford looked very good. So, yeah, I like him very, very much. But what about you, Jack? Are you are you a Tony fan? Yeah, I'm a big Tony fan. I wish I had him. I think he's class. And yeah, like you say, Brent, he's not just a good player in a bad team. He's a good player in a good team. They've proven us all wrong, Brentford. We looked at these string of fixtures and said avoid, didn't we? But they've won two, going on three against Chelsea. Wouldn't surprise me if they got some in there, the way they play. But yeah, they were surprisingly brilliant against West Ham and, and got the win. I mean, a te- any team that won all, a newly promoted team away and won all, that puts every single man in the box in the 93rd minute for a corner needs to be raising our FPL eyebrows because that is... It's amazing their belief, their self-belief in their system that's just unwavering. And it's I think it's something we haven't seen before in the Prem, this kind of attitude and this kind of reliance on out-of-the-box tactics. Yeah, it's really exciting. So I think Tony's great and Buemo is also a great asset to, to look for. But speaking about Tony purely, I think people will be rewarded for their patience with him because he hasn't scored every week. So this week, again, played really well and blanked and I think a lot of casuals will just see that and sell him but I think if you keep him he will he'll pay dividends later best in his price point would you say no doubt oh it's no doubt for strikers no doubt about it no doubt about it again that's a, a mark against ASM because if you if, if between Maximum and Tony I think Tony's the one well done for having him proud of you Way. do you love him so yeah that's the XG and XA I think we covered everything nicely there what do you think about a little break Jack I'd love a little break, Josh. Good work. Perfect. We'll be back in a second. And we are back. Jack, welcome back. Thanks a lot. Oh, good, good. (laughs) And we're going to move on to the talking points now. Well, I should say talking points. We have one talking talking point before we get onto the predictions and it's yours jack what is it it is my talking point of the week josh is are good players on bad teams worth it all right so what i'm thinking with this is how much if a player is doing well in fpl how much of the fact that he's playing for a bad team do you weigh up in your mind and do you weigh that up more than say a liverpool or a chelsea or a city player how much of an influence does it have? So the reason this sprung to mind this week, because we've got all these players that are very much in the, the ether, in the zeitgeist that have been talked about at the moment. And we even talked about a few of them then. So your Jamie Vardy's, your St. Maximans. I've put Tony in there, but I think we agree that they're not a bad team, really. Again, it harkens back to the Jack Grealishes in the old days when he was on that rubbish filler side. You've got Saar now. Um, on a struggling Watford side, but a bit of a talisman. Gallagher, 
for Palace. So I guess what are your just general thoughts on this, Josh? Do you care or do you care that a player's on a bad team ever? Or does it ever put you off a player that's on form? So Maximan's a great, perfect example of this, I think. What do you what are your initial thoughts there? Uh, yeah, very thought provoking. I like this question. Okay. So I think we touched upon the talisman theory before, didn't we? You know, having someone who's going to start and play a pivotal part of that team should be central to the FPL points you can just draw out of that team. However, that's the caveat of that is the ceiling of FPL points for the whole team and therefore that player is capped, isn't it? Because of, like we're saying, ASM carrying every Newcastle player on his shoulder. We're now looking at Saar and saying, is he gonna, you know, is he gonna return at all through this this tough fixtures? Are they gonna have a bounce with Ranieri? And I think what it comes down to is, yeah, those doubts stem from the team's strength. Like the player looks like a great asset. If you picked him up and put him in another team, maybe they they would look more appetizing. But I think the biggest thing for me is as a point of comparison for those players that we mentioned, there are other players similar priced that maybe play for slightly better teams. Still pivotal, maybe not talisman, but maybe they're a bit of a safer bet. So do you want Saar or do you want Ben Rama or Rafinha or, you know, Gallagher, maybe because Palace look a little bit better or Embuemo, for example. Or Decore, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Or Gray Townsend now. Yeah, that's, that is true. I think thinking about it, it's like a spectrum, isn't it? It's like on the extreme end. Say, say you've got two bars and the talismanic nature of the player goes up, but the quality of the team goes down. You kind of want the talismanic bar to be slightly higher than the team quality. You don't want an amazing talisman on a completely terrible team. But equally, you don't want that amazing team that the player is just one of many, like Man City. So I think Grealish is a perfect example here because when he was at Villa... He was the talisman. But when we first got promoted, we were so terrible that he wasn't quite worth having in FPL, I don't think, even at his low price. Last season, Villa got better, but Grealish remained the talisman. So he then was really worth having in, definitely, at his price, and was a great player to have in your team last year. This year, he's gone to a much better team, still a decent price, but he's nowhere near the talisman status that he used to be. And therefore, so that bar of the team's quality has gone way up, but his talisman status has gone way, way down. And I don't think he's an appealing, as appealing a pick as he was last year, playing for a much worse team. And that's despite getting all the minutes still. What do you, have I just talked absolute bollocks there? Did that make any sense? Is that my fever dream? Am I ill? Am <clears> I sick talking nonsense? Or did that make some kind of sense? Yeah, sounded like a lensip cloud. <laughs> yeah, it was a load of shit. Yeah. Okay. You know what? As you said that, I, no, I think it does make complete sense. And what <laughs> I was thinking about is maybe that is the foundation of why Salah is the best pick because he is a talisman. He's all top of the pillar on your talisman chart. True. For Liverpool, he when you say you look at all the attacking assets, he's the he's the one guy. He's the one guy you want head and shoulders above the rest of them in the best team for XG at the moment. It's the most probably consistently attacking team, very attacking, very front foot, and he is by far the talisman. Whereas your other teams, Lukaku maybe hasn't reached that talisman figure Mm. yet. City, they've just rely on this the talisman and pillar that you're talking about is split between so many different players. Yeah, can be De Bruyne at times, can't it? But even he now, I wouldn't put in that bracket. 
was Aguero for a time. Harry Kane's a great example. Yeah. Ultimate talisman. When Spurs are firing, he's essential, isn't he? Because he's the talisman. He's the seller of that team when they're firing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you're to right. Bring it back to your point. If, We've cracked yeah, you're, it. You're right. That's you want a bit, a bit of a, we, again. We cracked. We solved FPL. That's really good. Yeah, like the Zaha, Louis Zaha is the ultimate talisman, but that team are just not good enough, are they? That's a bit like the Grealish at the Shit Villa. It has been over the years. Bit but different. Is he now. the talisman this year? That's that's well, like, yeah. Has their quality gone up? But his talisman state has gone down, so he's still not as good a pick. I don't know. I feel like we could give every player a rating potentially based on the scores of those two columns, you know? So team quality and talisman status. So again, the Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes could be a real, could be great picks, couldn't they? Because they are, they're fighting for that talisman status, but in a good team's a bit shit. (laughs) But for now, Um, without, I guess, we don't have those figures, obviously, but for now, what you're saying is that is a justification to not pick your SARS the talismans of really struggling teams. Yeah, because, I think it is. Because the, although they've been scoring points, we rode a wave of form in a team which, you know, the, the form just dip and rise so drastically because the, the team is, doesn't have that quality. So it looks like, you know, Watford are on a down at the moment. It, they could take a while to, to gain that back. So therefore, Saar is just not looking like the pick. Yeah, and same for St. Maximan. Yeah, exactly the same scenario, I think. Whereas, like you say, the Rafinha, that kind of player, arguably the talisman in a in a better team. So yeah, there you go. Interesting. That I did that did that didn't go where I thought it would go, Josh. But that was that was enlightening actually. Talking through that. Okay, good talking um, point. Yeah, good talking point. Done. Done. Next, what we do next? Fixture predictions. We are oh, doing next. Yes, that's my favourite section. You, I think you do this love is. this. So we're going to go through each of the fixtures for game week eight. They seem a long way away at the moment. And we're going to predict those fixtures and give a little nod to assets and how we think we're going to do good or bad. So I'm going to try and be as unbiased as possible and pitch the first fixture to you first, Jack. It's Watford at home to Liverpool early kickoff. This should be a routine win for Liverpool. For me, Josh, it's an, even though it's away, it's the early kickoff. Gandhi says never back the early fixtures. We know. I don't care. My armband's going on, Mo. Lesson learned yet again for the millionth time this week. Hey, pacifists. So. I'll be amazed if Salah doesn't, doesn't bag. I'll be amazed if Watford score, to be honest. I don't think, again, what we just said, I don't think this is a good one for the SAR owners. And I can't see anything other than a Liverpool. Two or three nil win, really. What do you think? Yeah, even if there is a bounce for Watford, I think this is not the game that they would have chosen to have to no. try and utilize for a bounce. I think it's it's gonna be it's gotta be a Liverpool win. I hope it is Liverpool win as a fan. And it comes back round to that captain the informed player. Salah, yeah, I'd I'd be looking at the Salah armband here, despite the away fixture. Yeah, no doubt about it. Flip the script, Josh. My team are playing in the next fixture. Bit of a derby, Villa versus Wolves. How do you think this will go? Oh, Jack, you know, I was, I, I thought I was burnt with Villa for the last, not last week, but the two weeks before when I doubted them massively and, you know, they did really well. But last week, I'm, I'm having my doubts again, Jack. And I think Wolves are gaining momentum and Jimenez is looking like a beast. But it is a derby. Therefore, I think it will be 
a very, very tight game. So I'm going to go with a draw. I don't think it'll be goalless. I think it's going to be a bit of a fight. So I think play your Wolves attacking assets. I'll be a little bit worried about your defensive assets because I think it's going to be a feisty one. What do you think? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Villa. I was sure Villa, it was so weird. I was sure Villa were going to beat Spurs. And that's the first time I've ever been sure that we'll beat Spurs in my life, probably. And of course, we didn't beat them. Yeah, really disappointing performance, really, against a, a lacklustre Spurs, it has to be said. And yeah, Villa are a strange one to figure out at the moment. One week we're beating United, looking great. Next week, struggling. And Wolves, unfortunately for us, great for them, are, are on the upward trajectory now. Like you say, Jimenez, I think is, he's awoken. He's completed that rehab stage now and he's looking really good. They've got a couple of other really good, really good players. Benching Traore for them is, is starting to, is paying off as, uh, as they learned last year. So, yeah, I think, I think Wolves are going to win. I hate to say it. Yeah. I think Huang looks really good. Huang and Jimenez look good. Villa... Villa shaky. I think Wolves are going to win. And I, I'd play your Wolves defensive assets. I hate to even say that. I've really swung on us, Josh. I'm down about, about the Spurs game, but I think, yeah, I don't think we're in that good a spot at the moment. So I think, I think Wolves are going to do, do all right here. Yeah. Two, two nil Wolves. Let's move on. Let's not dwell on that. Let's move no. on. So next we've got Leicester at home to Man United. Will Man United bounce back, Jack? What's Oli going to do? Oh, this one's tricky. This really one's tricky. really tricky. I oh, I can't choose between them, you know. I think they've both got... They'll both score goals, but they're both quite soft at the back. So I think it's going to be a draw, a score draw. And I wouldn't certainly wouldn't captain, captain assets from either side. I'd be wary of defensive assets for either side. Could see Bruno getting a haul here. For sure, could see Vardy scoring, but not to the extent where I'd I'd look to captain either, really. And I'm not afraid of this fixture, despite only no players. I'm not scared of it, you know, because it could go either way. So yeah, a score draw for me, Josh. What do you think? I would agree. I would agree. I think, despite the gap in the league table, United being fourth and Leicester being thirteenth, I think their form trajectories are crossing over. So, you know, United are on a bit of a down. Great early season, a little bit lost at the moment. And Leicester are starting to find their way, mainly because of Jamie Vardy's form, you'd say. So I think at this point, they're intersecting. Leicester at home, still think a score draw is, is what's going what's gonna to come out of that. So, yeah, avoid the defensive assets of both teams, if anyone's on those, because, you know, the defences don't look great for either of them this year. Quite so. Uh, next one, Josh. Man... A really tough one to call. Man City, Burnley. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got the easy word on this one. I would say it's got to be, has to be a City win. They looked very, very good against Liverpool. Maybe not much in it. You'd say if Milner got sent off, that would have changed the game. But I would say quality over big periods of the game, City looked the better team. So it's just that kind of attacking threat that Liverpool showed. So I think City, against teams like Burnley, they're just going to trample them. I think they will as well, yeah. And I think this year, Burnley's defence, but I think me and Tarkowski are not the, the stalwarts they once were. And yeah, I think City should roll over. I think some, I saw a stat earlier that their last five fixtures, the goal difference is 30 to one or something. Hmm. Like City have scored 30. That can't be right, 30 and five. It must be more than five games, but it's, 
it's pretty crazy regardless. Yeah, I think it's going to be a steamroll. It's, who, would you captain a City asset? Which asset? That's a question, that. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think we'll come back to the same question over and over again. Would love to have a slice of that City attacking threat, but who is it? Foden looked great. But again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets rotated. So yeah, I've got to steer clear until you, until someone really gets nailed and consistently produces points. Yeah. Bench your Burnley defence? For sure. If you've got any, I think now's the time to hide them away in that third bench spot. Yeah, get your Livermentos out. Give them a yeah. chance. Poor Livy. Give them a chance. Yeah. Uh, back to you. So Norwich at home to Brighton. What are you mm-hmm. thinking? Yeah, it's a, fir- it's a solid Brighton win, this. And I know we all, we make fun of Norwich and say, you know, everyone's going to beat Norwich. Uh, I don't think everyone will beat Norwich all the time, but I do think Brighton will beat Norwich all the time. I think Brighton are really good. They're flying under the radar as a bit of a dark horse this year. Potter's really firmed up that defence. I think there's more pays looking like he knows where the goal is at last. They've got some good... I love Trossard. I think they've got some great players. And Norwich are pretty rubbish. So I think it's a good, it's a solid Brighton win to nil. So I play, I'm looking forward to playing Sanchez and Duffy in my defence. And I expect six points, please, boys. So yeah, it's two or three nil to Brighton for me. What do you think? Agree entirely. Can't see Norwich offering that much attacking threat. I think what we saw in the last game as well from them is they've moved to a back five or, you know, three central defenders, I think they've become way more defensive just to to stop the rot, basically. And that's going to affect their attacking output, mm-hmm. Norwich. Which wasn't not, great anyway, was yeah, it? Not that they had much anyway. So I think Brighton, who have proved themselves to be so stubborn defensively for you know anyone else trying to score against them, that I can't see Norwich getting a pip here. But Brighton's attacking output is, is what's of concern. I mean, I think most people have, have gone for their defensive assets. So yeah, play them, play them, obviously. Yeah, pretty straightforward on that one. Next up, less straightforward, I would say, Josh. Southampton against Leeds. Yeah, I think two teams sat right next to each other in the table. Leeds 16th, Southampton 17th. Southampton have shown themselves to be awkward, haven't they? Again, much sometimes like Brighton, but nowhere near as consistently that they can stop the opponents from scoring. But they're, they just look toothless, which has kind of cost them in a lot of games. No wins so far this season. I can see Southampton at home being awkward again, despite Leeds out and out kind of attacking threat. I think it's going to be a draw, maybe even a nil-nil. Dare I say that for Leeds, not not scoring any goals, being attacking as they are. But I just think Southampton are well set up at home with their defence. Yeah, fair, fair shout. What's What's really interesting is Southampton are actually higher than Leeds for XG this season. Which you wouldn't have guessed. They're both That's they're bad. both mid table, but yeah, the Adam Armstrongs haven't quite. They look really promising early on, didn't he? But but he hasn't quite got going. He just needs that couple of goals to to get going. I think Southampton are going to win this. I think Leeds are they they're like a, a a Man United light at the moment, and I mean by that I mean they've got some very nice attacking assets, but are quite weak in other areas. I think Lorente being back for them is big from a defensive standpoint. But yeah, I think Saints are a bit underrated generally. And I think their performances have not 
don't reflect their score. Their point total doesn't reflect how good their performances have been. So yeah, I'm thinking a Southampton home win here. Nice. There you are. Okay. So play Rafinha just in case. And obviously, are you thinking of starting your Livy's, Livermantes? Yeah, Livy's starting for me. I mean, it, defensively aside, his attacking play is brilliant so far. An assist against Chelsea this week. He's he loves getting into that box. He's yeah, he's looking to be the the Dallas and the um, Lundstrom of this year, I think. He's pushing for that legendary status. Lovely. I think this one's back to you now. So our beloved Brentford mm. at home to Chelsea. Yeah, really tricky. It's this is it is a tricky one to call. They've been making mincemeat of their London rivals so far, Brentford. But Chelsea, see the European champions, I can't look past that Chelsea win. It wouldn't surprise me to see Brentford score at all. But I think this will be a bridge too far for them. And I'd go, yeah, a 2-1 or a 3-1 Chelsea win here with Lukaku to do something. So I don't think Lukaku's the best captain this week at all, though, I would say. But it would surprise me to see him do another blank here. What do you think? I think Brentford are going to be stubborn, but Chelsea are just that good. So I think a Chelsea win, as you said, I wouldn't be surprised if there's not many goals in it, like a 1-0 or a 2-1. Mm. Uh, do you think Brentford are going to give them a run for their money? They'll know that they've been in a game, but Chelsea top of the table, it's quality all over the pitch. It's got a, yeah, I think in a way, win for Chelsea. Play yeah, Brentford I mean, if, if, I think you always play them. Always play them. We don't know enough about them to say that they're you know, not going to do really well, do we? I'm thinking of getting a Bremo in, really. It would, I mean, if they win this, then we need to really start really talking about them, don't we? Um, like double, triple up levels. Yeah, yeah, seriously, for the price they are. So definitely play your, your Brentford assets, yeah. Don't don't be... this. I'd view this as like a free swing for them almost and something can happen here. It's not like Norwich playing Chelsea, is it? It's yeah. anything can happen with those, with the bees. Moving on to Sunday's fixtures, Josh. Oh, a bit of a doozy, this one. Everton, West Ham. Two ambitious teams. What are you thinking? Yeah, similar profiles, I'd, I'd say. I think Rafa is doing well at Everton. You know, they haven't had DCL, but they're still chugging along, really. I think it's going to be Great signings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the new boys are doing well for them. Um, great result this week as well. I think at home, with the wind in their sails a little bit recently, I think Everton are going to beat West Ham, I'd say. Which may surprise some people. I just have that feeling. I think West Ham, as you said, maybe it's the introduction of the European games a little bit. They're looking a bit leggy, maybe wavering a little bit. Maybe suddenly that form has just drained out of them a little bit. But I think Everton are on the up and up. Yeah, really tough one to call this. Really tough one to call. Because I can see Everton should have beaten Man United the other day. They should have. That that meaner offside, I think... um, What's his face? Should have just Davis. shot. Davis should have just what shot. What is there. he doing? Yeah. And yeah, they've, as you say, Benita's done really well. New signings looking great. Decore's looking like a new player. But they have it in them to fuck it up, I think, <laughs> again, in this type of fixture. And I think West Ham are still pretty good. I think they're still pretty good. And they'll be disappointed after that Brentford loss. So, although this is two weeks away, isn't it? But I, I'd go for a narrow West Ham win, I think, here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will wouldn't any result wouldn't surprise me. Any narrow result wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, play, us, play assets in both. 
Yeah, could swing either way, couldn't it, really? No doubt. No doubt. So, Newcastle with the beloved ASM, which none of us own, who none of us own, against Spurs. Yeah, obviously Spurs, great result against the Villa the other day. They looked much better than they had done, disappointingly for me. They look great. Son just ran the show. I mean, I don't think we've mentioned Son yet today, but he's someone definitely I'm now looking at. He was just phenomenal. Um, Even though Kane wasn't firing, Son didn't need him. You know, he just made everything tick, ran our defence ragged, and and I think inspired the rest of the team to to do something. So, yeah, they still didn't look amazing defensively. We still had spells where we should have probably scored a couple, but that win will do wonders for them. And Newcastle are just looking like they're in the mud from a, a team morale level. And poor old ASM, there's only so much he can do with that dross around him. I think it's a Spurs win here. Uh, a 1-0, 2-0 Spurs win. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would be wary of the Newcastle at home, who are slightly different beast because of the support that they have. Mm. But I still think that that's not enough of a kind of boost to beat the Spurs team that have seemed to be using their their great assets in a better way now. So I'm with you. I think Spurs are going to use this as a platform to get another win and continue to kind of build some form. Yeah. Again, interestingly, the XG stats, Newcastle actually have a higher XG away from home so far than they do at home. But again, it's it's a small sample in it so far. And I, they must have they've presumably played one more game away than they have home. So we've only played seven games. So I wonder if that's the case. Um, yeah, they've played four away games. So yeah, that's obviously skewing that. Ignore me. Ignore all of that. <laughs> yeah, Newcastle, not great. Not great at all. The final game, Josh, moving on to the final game. It's Arsenal against Palace. Interesting one on the Monday. Yeah, I really can't call this because I thought Arsenal were turning that form around and on my wildcard, I was, you know, looking at Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka and I did bring in Rams down defence. But the game against Brighton, and like we we're saying, Brighton are very good and I think we need to recognise that. But I think Arsenal got away away with one to get a draw there and they didn't look very, very good. I think Brighton's XG was 1.12, Arsenal's 0.36. So I don't think they're they're quite the team that people are describing them as saying bring in all these assets. So and Palace are looking very good as well. So I could see a draw, maybe even leaning towards a Palace win. Wow! But I'm gonna say a draw just to be safe because you know Arsenal <laughs> could revitalise that that uh, that form that they've shown in three games prior to that this weekend just passed. So I'm gonna go draw. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I. Yeah, I agree with you in that I don't think Arsenal is suddenly a great team and everything's fine again, as seemed to be the case after that Spurs win, didn't it? Suddenly, oh, Arteta's great. <laughs> don't never mind those first three shambolic games. But you're right against Brighton, they uh, they 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 weren't the better team there. And Palace, uh, Palace are just really tough to call, aren't they? I think under Vieira, they're not. I don't know how to. I haven't figured them out yet, really, in terms of how good they are. Definitely a lot more expressive and attacking. It's just whether they've got the individuals to to keep going. So, yeah, I'm going to go Arsenal win, being seeing as it's at home. But I think begrudgingly, it's a yeah, it's a really tentative one. I don't know. I don't know what will happen there. 
wouldn't again wouldn't surprise me if Palace pulled something out the bag. So yeah, I'll go one the Arsenal, but not confident. Don't again, don't gamble on these predictions, people. We play have your no Gallagher's responsibility. Yeah, I think play your Gallagher's. Play your Gallagher's and yeah, a few people got Edward in, haven't they? And there's a few Zahars knocking about. I mean, Arsenal's defence isn't still isn't that great. Ramsdale does make a difference though. I think he does. He's a good signing in the end, or is proving to be. So there we are. That's our predictions, Josh. Well predicted from you. And you. Time will tell. Feels a bit weird doing it two weeks in advance, but but here we are. It's a long way from that game week. Could all change. Yeah, could all change. Be interesting to see what the internationals do to these players. And uh, did you know it was the National League finals? I didn't know that. Did you? No. Did it's not. like the final of the National League is is here. I don't really know who's in it, but exactly. the finals are happening. Do we even know? Who does anyone care? I don't. Definitely don't care. They're just friendlies <laughs> wrapped up in nicer wrapping, aren't they? I suppose. Exactly. Exactly. So there we are. But Bring yeah. back the FPL. Bring back Premier League. Come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, predictions done. Let's take another quick break and then we're going to come come back for the, the final section where we're going to cover two of our last segments, our plans and our goes. Cool. And we are back. So final section, Jack. We're going to go on to our plans first, our transfers and who we want to captain. Then we're going to look at the Algo teams. So kick us off. What are you thinking? It's a long, long way. Obviously, the game we came, we appreciate that. But what are you thinking at this stage? At this stage, bus team. So my bus team setup. So that's if I get hit by a bus, this is the team that will play. I've benched my Wolves boys, so Cody and Traore are benched. I'm playing the 4-3-3. And this, this is, as you say, two weeks, a lot of assumptions. I'm assuming Trent will be back, so he's in. He's in the side. And I've got Rafinha, Jota, Salah in midfield, and Antonio Lukaku and Dennis up front. So this is Busland. I'm going to wait and see how the international games play out. But I'm torn, Josh, between do I get... Dennis out playing Liverpool. He's done, he's got two matches, two points total. Get him out for a Jimenez, say. Or do I finally get rid of the thorn in my side that's Adama Traore? Got rid of Torres last week for Rafinha. Haven't looked back. Feels great. At that time, the other killer for me was Adama Traore. He did it again to me this week. Came on in the 93rd minute of all things for a one-pointer, blocking Livramento's four-pointer. So very unhappy with him. He would, he might go for an Embuemo, for instance, or I could upgrade him to a son, a son Hyung Min, who's who's found himself being a bit of a differential now, son. But that performance against Villa was so good that that he might go there. So those are the three moves I'm I'm sort of tinkering with. Do I go for Jimenez or do I get Son or an Embuemo for a Traore? What do you think of those moves and which would you do? Well, going into too much the when you're reading Mount, the one that stuck with me was the Embuemo um, mm. because of their fixtures after this Chelsea fixture. So mm. I wouldn't like the look of a Brentford double up against Chelsea. No. But I do like the look of a Brentford double up for like the next four or five game weeks after this Chelsea fixture. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, t- I said Dennis to 
to Jimenez. What about a Dennis to a, a Tony? Do you think that would be better than a Traore to a Embuemo? Again, I, I am where I know you said play, play the Brentford assets, but I'm wary of bringing them in for this game week when you look at who you could be starting. Mm. And if you've got a, a good enough team that you like, you're bringing in an asset that you have doubts about for this week. You could just roll the transfer. I mean, it's Dennis against Liverpool, Josh, or Tony against uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. So I think I'd rather have Tony there. Dennis is doing nothing for me. I hate him. He's yeah. going. I think in he's going. Case, in that case, if he, I mean, you could, you could play one of your Wolves assets, right? Like you've got you when you look at your bench. I know you don't want to against Villa. You're, am I right yeah. in saying no, that you've I'd, got a Wolves defender? You could, yeah. Play Cody's there. Of, I might play Cody against Villa. Yeah. I mean, Traore's not getting played ever again in life. He's <laughs> third on the bench now. He just can't be risked. He cannot yeah. be for those terrible one pointers. Sissoko's higher in the pecking order. So it's, yeah. But anyway, those are the things I'm, that are in my mind. It's a wait and see. You never know what will happen. Other things happen, don't they, over the international break. Jota does remain a worry, though. I don't think we're very far away from a Firmino start. Yeah. But, but a captaincy firmly on Salah, I cannot see that changing. So there's that's that. Beautiful. Talk to me about your team, man. Yeah, bus team, Ramsdale, and then a double Chelsea, double City. Ooh. So would look to start Alonso. You're but, going with Alonso again, yeah. But in, I'm closer to the closer to the game week. I may, if there's other news, I may not, because I'm a bit worried about obviously him coming off the bench and scuppering any other points. It could swap in for a Livermento and leave Alonso as the first bench spot. Tricky. Um, then three midfield: Salah, captain, as you said. If you know, stick to what you know, Captain Mo, uh, Ben Rama. Then Rafinha, and then I am starting Tony, and then got Antonio and Lukaku as well. So that leaves the benches: first spot Livermento, second spot Douglas Luis, and third spot Saar. Saar benched. Third spot for me. I mean, I know he's the biggest threat, but I just think I, I just really concerned about Watford. Maybe overthinking that he should be above Douglas Luis, but. <laughs> I've got a bit more confidence in Livramento coming up points with points this week over Saar. So, yeah, I mean, don't, don't put Douglas Luiz ahead of him as a Villa fan. He'll do nothing for you. <laughs> he won't do anything. Put Saar ahead of him, Defo. He's, um, yeah, pure enabler, Douglas Luiz. But yeah, yeah. That, that's it, really. So the only points of contention with that Alonso thing and um, does he start? Should Livramento start above him, really? Yeah, fair. Any any early transfer musings? I'm going to hold. I think I there's nothing. The only fire is the Alonso one, but I've got three starters in my bench players. I can afford to hold and have more manoeuvrability next week, potentially for using those two to get someone like a Trent back. I was going to say, you've got 1.2 in the bank, haven't you? Have you got money in the bank? Yeah, I've got a 1.2, but it's not enough to get directly there. Oh, uh, so, is it not from Alonso? No. But there's a lot of, you know, a lot can change in a game week, especially after the international break. So when I've got two the following week, that allows me to make a lot of moves after that if, if I need them. True, true. Very wise, Josh. Very wise. We'll see if it works, basically. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, things are subject to change, in the, especially in the international break. But that's where we are now. Good disclaimer. Next, though, Jack, Algo yeah. teams. Come yes. You, you, you foreshadowed differentials. I want to... I always back the XG boys, but... The XG boys have been, yeah, t- 
early on in the season, the XG boys were doing well, but the recent recent times differential United has has come up so very quickly. We also manage two different teams for two of our friends that we've imposed algorithms on. So we've got Differential United, who's composed entirely of players that are under 5% owned, and the XG11, where decisions are made purely on XG data. So as we know, this week, a horror show for most flesh managers, <laughs> people <laughs> managers, but a bit of a success for, for our algorithm teams. So we'll start with XG11. 48 points for the XG11. So beat us both, Josh. And now they've gone above me. My my actual live flesh team is now losing to Robots, a robot, yeah. which which is nice. And the thing, they were having an awful week until that Liverpool game. So we've talked about the XG heavily. Mane was captain with Salah as well. So 14 points for Mane, 13 for Salah. Tarkowski got a five-pointer. And then blanks everywhere else. But yeah, 48 points for the XG11. Really solid stuff um, for, for them. Now, going by the XG gods that this team has to do, Lukaku is still in this team, but as we know, has dropped out of the XG charts. Vardy okay. is very much in there. Ronaldo is in there. We can't afford Ronaldo. So I think a Lukaku to Vardy move is what's going to happen for these guys. So... Interesting. So this is where the algorithm butts heads against real life judgment, and we'll see what pays off if we obey the XG laws. That's the kind of cyber balls move that I yes, expect from the XG team. Exactly. Same here. I want to see that kind of robot craziness happen yeah. more. So that's good to see. So that was the XG eleven. Moving on though to a fifty-one k game week rank for the Differential United, sixty-six points. Jesus came in for the differential boys. They had just the two blankers in four nails and a Bamiyang. Oh no, and St. Max, sorry, three blankers. But Meslier, six points. Veltman, five. Max Ahrens coming on for an Alonso for five <laughs> points. Chalaba, third on the bench, 11 points. Loton got five points. Mane got seven points. Jared Bowen, seven-pointer. Should have had more as well, I should add. Decore, was the substitute last week. He's under 5% owned still, came in, got the assist, five points. Unbelievable. St. Max Abame mentioned, but the captain, Jimenez, 20 points. Jeez. So 66 points. Really brings the... He had a shocking start to the season, old differential man, but brings him up to 329. He was 6.5 mil in the world. He's now 4.9 mil. So... Onwards and upwards for Differential United. So, yeah, really good. And after that, I think he'll probably roll the transfer after that success. So he's loving life. He's loving it, yeah. So really interesting. So I think that does show how bad this week was. Generally, when a Differential team does well, it means that it's likely that the, the template picks haven't done so well. Strange um, week. Very odd week, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. What I'm really interested to see is how these players, because a lot of these players now are over 5% owned, but this team brought them in when they were differentials. So I'm sure Jimenez, Mane, and Decore will soon be over 5% owned. But of course, we brought them in at five so they can stay in. So it'll be, it'd be fascinating to see. And same with Alonso. So there we are. Shows the trends. I mean, XG destroying it up until this point. Last two game weeks, differential pipping it. I mean, that just paints the picture of the last two game weeks, isn't it? 
It does indeed, man. Let's see what happens going forward. Boom. Great. Great to hear the updates of the hour goes. Always like to hear it. And yeah, international break now. Give it a little um, little rest rest yourselves, you know. Breathe deep. Yeah, go outside. Go yeah. outside. Have a little, spend time with your friends and family. Don't bother watching the international nonsense. No one enjoys that. There we go. Join yeah. us after Game Week 8. Yeah, that's right. We'll have a break, Josh, won't we, I think. So we'll have a little international break ourselves, we should say. Mm. Um, we'll probably pepper pepper some YouTube videos throughout the week, some little snippets. So enjoy them. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please, if, please. Uh, if you're watching this now, just a little like, click is good, a little subby sub. And yeah, cheers. Been a pleasure. Cheers. See you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.